I'd like to dwell for a little while on a verse that's found in Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15, where he says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The whole context in 2 Corinthians is to do with giving, it's to do with Paul urging the church at Corinth to do as good as they've said they'll do, which is to help Uh, the Christians in Jerusalem, in Israel, who are suffering from famine and great hardship. And there's been a wonderful example shown by the churches of Macedonia in Greece. And Paul is using this to urge on the Corinthians there in Greece to follow that wonderful example. And as he speaks about this, going into quite some detail, he suddenly comes out with what is in effect a doxology. It's a a song of praise. It's a short one. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. That thought of God's gift of Jesus Christ has not been too far from him as he has spoken about giving uh, support and, and money and that kind of thing to the Corinthians. For example, in the previous chapter and verse 9, he has said this, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. And so as he thinks of gifts and giving and and support and help, his mind is drawn like a magnet to Jesus Christ, to God's great gift of his Son. It's inexpressible, it's indescribable, it's unspeakable. All these words in various versions of the scriptures translate what he is saying here. It's a present so precious, this gift of Jesus Christ. As the hymn writer has put it, Blessed be God our God, who gave for us his well-beloved Son, the gift of gifts, all other gifts in one. Blessed be God our God. I'd like just briefly to consider with you this morning what is so wonderful about this gift. Well, firstly, the gift of salvation through Christ is a free gift. Of course, it wouldn't be a gift if it was something we had to earn, but it is free of charge. It's free of payment, as Paul delights to tell us in others of his letters Uh, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Every Christmas we are reminded that God has done something that we certainly didn't deserve and we certainly couldn't expect apart from his love. He's sent his son into a world where men love darkness rather than light where men would not come to the light, left to themselves. And into this sin-sick, benighted world, into this world where all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, God sends us the perfect gift, eternal life, free of charge, free of conditions, not earned by our good works. And if it were not that, there's no way that we could ever enter into the blessing of this gift. If salvation was something that we had to earn through doing good, through keeping God's wonderful moral law, all the Ten Commandments, 
and all the other things that God tells us through Christ that we should do to love God with all our heart, to love our neighbor as ourselves, not one of us would stand a chance of getting to heaven. We need something that comes right down to our rock bottom level, something that is utterly undeserved, something is utterly free of charge. And that's why this gift is indescribable. In fact, every gospel blessing is free. As you read through the Bible, you discover uh, God underlines this point again and again. Uh, There are texts in the Old Testament where he says salvation is without money and without price. You don't buy and sell when it comes to God's saving love. You don't haggle over it. I'll give you this if you give me that. When it comes to God's love to us in Christ. It is without money. It's without price. The forgiveness of your sins. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit in your heart. All the graces of God. The joy, the peace, the love. These things are entirely unmerited and entirely bestowed upon you if you've trusted in Christ as your Savior without any payment on your part, either before, during, or after salvation, or even in heaven. There will be nothing that God says, well, now they've been in heaven two million years. We've just accumulated enough uh, interest, as it were, to pay a little bit of their salvation. Not at all. From first to last, through eternity, we are justified simply by the grace of God that's in Christ. Jesus, heaven, mercy, all of God's goodness, a free gift. How offended you would be if someone, in response to your Christmas present, decided to give you some money for it. You would think that insulting, wouldn't you? You may not show it because you're a polite and nice person, but you would find that difficult. And what an insult to God. What an insult to the grace of God when any of us presume to think that by doing good, by turning over a new leaf, by doing something extra, as it were, in the religious world or in any other world, the charitable world, that this could add to our merit with God. That is an insult. The only way to glorify and to please God is to accept the gift. Remember what I said to the children? Giving and forgiving, they go together. You can't be forgiven without receiving that gift as a free gift, the gift of Christ. And you can't have the gift of Christ unless you come to him as a spiritual bankrupt for forgiveness. Those of you, those of us who are Christians, we need ever to remember this. It's not just something for when we're not Christians. Of course it is for us then, but it's not just for then. We need to continue to live by grace. We need to realize that we're not on a spiritual never-never, paying off by installments the grace of God. But as the Apostle Paul reminds us, he's always thinking of this grace that is in Jesus Christ. God, Jesus became poor for our sakes, that we through his poverty might become rich. He's always amazed at this gift. It keeps surfacing in his different letters. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. By the grace of God, I am what I am. 
And of course, just consider the gift itself. It is, in essence, it's, to, it's Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, and yet the Son of Man, becoming incarnate for us 2,000 years ago. He is the gift. God didn't send an angel. God came himself in the person of his son. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. The world didn't want it. The world didn't ask for it. The world didn't thank God for it. He came to his own, to his own people, but they received him not. They weren't saying, oh, please send us this gift. They didn't want it. They loved darkness rather than light. And if that was true of the Jewish people, the Jewish nation, it's so much more true of the rest of the world. And yet he, the Lord Jesus, is the gift. He is God's present to us in his incarnation as a little baby. He's God's present to us as a teenager, as a young man. God's present to us in his life in his miracles, in his doing good, in his teaching. God's present to us in his ministry of power and kindness and holiness. God's present to us in his sufferings on the cross for us, in all his other sufferings too, on our behalf. God's present to us in the groans and agony of his awful death and suffering. God's present to us in his death, in his resurrection. God's present to us now as he's seated in glory at the right hand of the Father, the supreme gift. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. It's a terrible thing really, isn't it? When, when we, so we perhaps are thankful for his lesser gifts and yet to forget this one. Perhaps we are thankful at this time of year to meet with family, to have the Christmas meal together, to exchange presents. And to just be thankful for a, a breather, as it were, in this world of sin and suffering. But, but what a shame if that's the horizon. What a shame if we can't break through that and think of this indescribable gift and ponder that. And it is unspeakable. It, it is indescribable. This is one of these words that a preacher has to be a little bit careful with because it's there in context. If it were literally indescribable, we couldn't preach about the gospel or speak about the good news, could we? If it were literally inexpressible. Of course, it's metaphorical, it's hyperbolic. Paul is just saying there's something here that's so deep and so wonderful that even when I have expressed it by the Holy Spirit and what I have said is true and is sufficient to communicate what God is saying. But even when I have said that, there are depths, like iceberg depths, so deep, so profound, that you can never bottom them. As the Apostle Paul says in his first letter to the Corinthians, in chapter 2, verse 9, he says this, As it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. No man knows the things, what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him. 
Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. And then he goes on to say, as Christians, we have received the Spirit which is from God. So this salvation, this wonderful salvation, we've received it. And yet in the receiving of it, we understand even in the experience of salvation, there is something so deep and so profound there. Uh, We, as it were, have had heaven enter into us. But the time will come when we will enter into heaven. We've all perhaps seen video clips of deaf children who suddenly receive their hearing, or perhaps deaf adults have an operation, and suddenly they can hear. They can hear mother's voice, they can hear music, and their faces light up. Or we think of what the apostle tells us, Luke that is, tells us in the book of Acts about that man who was laid at the beautiful gate uh, with unable to walk, lame from his mother's womb. And then Peter says to him, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I do give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he receives strength into his feet and his ankle bones. And he doesn't just stand there. He now leaps, he walks, he leaps, he praises God. There's been a a dimension that's come into his experience that he could never have guessed. It's a spiritual ecstasy. It's a spiritual delight. And there are occasions, and there certainly will be when we get to heaven if we're Christians, if we've trusted in Christ, there will be occasions when we'll be so full of amazement at Jesus Christ and his love, lost in wonder, love, and praise. Indescribable, inexpressible, unspeakable. I want to close our meditation just by reminding ourselves, finally, of the effect of this unspeakable gift. Well, we see what that effect should be for us, even in the words of Paul here. Thanks be to God, profound gratitude. Gratitude which speaks about it, doesn't hide it in our hearts, and even sings about it. Gratitude that breaks into a doxology about it. It should lead us to humility. Notice, thanks be not to little me, but thanks be to God. For his indescribable gift. All the glory is God's. From first to last. Even that faith by which we believe upon him. It is ultimately a gift of God. Not by works. Lest any man should boast. What other effect should it have upon us? Well let's just remind ourselves of the context here. It should make us generous in spirit. That was one of the things that was in Paul's mind. As he wrote to the Corinthian church. Urging them to be generous, urging them to do what they said they would do, and reminding them of the Lord Jesus who impoverished himself in order that we might become wealthy, spiritually wealthy in him. Generosity. Now, of course, in this context, it was generosity to do with money and food. But are we generous with our time? Are we generous with our love? Are we generous 
in all those ways which we are needed with, uh, needed from. It's all part of having this sense of the inexpressible gift to heaven. Are you a child of God this morning? Or are you still trying to pay your way into heaven? To make up perhaps for lost ground or somehow to find the, the, the coin that will let the slot go into the slot and let the turnstile turn and let you in. That's not the way. That's not the way. Remember what the angel said to the shepherds. Glory to God in the highest who gives salvation, peace, joy. Who gives salvation as a free gift. On earth, peace, goodwill toward men. God's goodwill, God's peace, God's love. Let this thought sweeten your Christmas day. Let this thought sweeten every blessing, every problem, every situation in your life. Let this thought permeate each of us in our hearts, whatever we face. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift.